Super Talk Mississippi media production. Bulldogs looking to make their first trip to Rocky Top since 2008. First time playing the Volunteers since 2012, so obviously I don't know much about them. Luckily for me, my friend Austin Stanley from A to Z Sports there in Nashville knows plenty about them. I talked to a lot of people about Tennessee, and I know you talked about it a ton on your show, and I think that the thought process was, look, this is going to be another building year. There's reasons for optimism. And then it just happened. This season is just happening the way it's happening. Just in your opinion, what went wrong for Tennessee between August and today? Yeah, and I think you're right with the whole optimism thing because I feel like being in Nashville and having your ears pointed towards Knoxville to listen to Ethan that comes out of there with the balls is the whole month of July was about what this team could do with a new revamped coaching staff and an offensive coordinator and T. Martin and, uh, and a new D coordinator, Derek Ansley, and Jim Cheney's offense is going to make Jerry Garantano take the next step. And then also a part because I feel like Jeremy Pruitt and the coaching staff completely overlooked Georgia State. They did not game plan. They lost an inexcusable game. Uh, no excuses whatsoever for that loss. And then it kind of the snowball started rolling down the hill and getting bigger and bigger, and they lose to BYU uh, in the last you know second, the last minute, and then that game goes into overtime. It should be three and two at this point. They should have three wins over Georgia State, BYU, and Chattanooga, have the losses to Florida, and have the loss to, to Georgia. And all is okay because the ultimate goal entering the year was Pruitt just needs to get to a bowl game. And a lot of people looked foolish, including me, because I thought this team could go 7-5. and five. Uh, And there is no way, <laughs> no way they're getting seven wins. And uh, it will take a uh, masterful turnaround to get to a bowl game as they sit at 1-4 and four going in this weekend. I don't want to give you a magic wand. I don't want you to tell me that you're going to change something that really can't be changed. But if you could fix one problem with this Tennessee team that is fixable, what would it be? Oh, I don't think Jared Garantino is fixable, so I'll throw that away. Um, I guess I would say I would go back and change that play against BYU where Alante Taylor, the cornerback, sophomore player, good player, let his guy run right by him. They pick up 50 yards, and they get in field goal range to kick a game-tying field goal as time expires. I think I think this season is a lot different if Tennessee has a win over BYU. Too many things went wrong against Georgia State for me to fix it, but that one play against BYU, maybe Tennessee gets more confidence. Uh, I still think they're 2-2. Two and two. Oh, I'm sorry, I still think they're 2-3. and three. Uh, at that point because the loss of the Florida and Georgia. But I think they have a different confidence about themselves. And maybe the loss to Florida isn't 34-3. to Maybe it's a little bit closer. You mentioned the quarterback change. Jaron Garantano out, Brian Moore in. Why the change, and what does Moore bring to the offense? What does he do differently? Well, I think what you can immediately see that's, that you don't have to know anything about football is that Brian Mauer just brings a lot more energy and confidence to the offense. He's a true freshman out of Florida. He's a young kid. You can tell he's got some moxie and swagger about him. But Jared Garantano, as being an incumbent starter, where he made some big-time plays last year, you thought he would be much better this year. But he just left too many big plays on the field for just not throwing the football, not seeing the field well, 
uh, there were two plays in the Florida game when the game was just 7 nothing Gators in the early part of the first half where Garantano missed a touchdown to Juwan Jennings that would have tied it, and then later in the quarter, he missed a wide-open tight end, Dominic Wood Anderson, that would have been a 70-yard touchdown pass, and he just was so inaccurate. He threw the ball, he was 15 yards off. And and, and so I think Garantano was, was too inconsistent in finding open receivers and then delivering the football accurately on time to those receivers. Where you see Maurer in his first start, I think it was the second series of his first start. It throws a 73-yard bomb to Marquez Callaway, and all of a sudden it's 7-7, Neyland Stadium's rocking uh, because they tied Georgia early on in that game. So I think it's the fearlessness from Maurer and just the extra energy he provides to the offense. You know, obviously, when you look at the Georgia game, 43-14, but, I mean, Georgia is one of the, the top three or four teams in the country. I don't know how much you really take away from that. I think if Mississippi State played Georgia, the, the score would probably be pretty similar. Uh, but the other games, you know, defensively, Tennessee hasn't been that bad. They, they're not giving up a whole ton of yards. They aren't giving up a whole ton of points. The Florida game is sort of the one you would point to as, as things got away from there. But this defense has not been terrible. If you were going to be on the Mississippi State sideline, how are you going to attack the Tennessee defense? Well, I, their secondary struggles to tackle. Um, so uh, Nigel Warrior, who is uh, in famously Dale Carter's son, Dale Carter, superstar at Tennessee about 25, 30 years ago almost, uh, was a was a big-time recruit and just has not panned out. He's a senior, and he just makes too many mistakes. I think overall tackling in the secondary is rough, and – Jake Fromm had the cleanest jersey of anybody in Neyland Stadium Saturday night because his balls could not get to him. I don't remember one time he was actually hit as he was delivering the ball. He was not sacked once. Now, Georgia has a phenomenal offensive line. But I think, I think those two things, I think overall the secondary can cover fine. The inside linebackers are pretty special because you've got the, uh, the senior leader, Daniel Petuli, and then the freshman phenom, Henry Toto, uh, who play really well together. But they're very thin overall, and I think that kind of tells the story of why, as you mentioned, they're not that bad. It's just they get run away from late by Florida and Georgia because the depth uh, is basically not existent. Uh, and Tennessee's offense is unable to help them out, and so they get tired, they get worn down, and they give up a lot of points in the second half of games. Let's look at the, the big picture for Tennessee in this one. What happens if Tennessee can't get this win on Saturday? And, and then long term, when you look at the schedule, I mean, I, I don't think Tennessee's going to go 3-9, and nine, but they could. What happens to Pruitt? Yeah. Is, he, is he safe this year no matter what? Well, we talked about this on Wednesday morning on our show, and I, I kind of pointed out there's seven games left. One's Alabama, you can throw that over to the side. One's Missouri, you can toss that one over. So I think so. Alabama, Missouri, you can completely scratch them off. They're not even coming close in those games. So I kind of ranked the five games in most winnable to least winnable. And I had Mississippi State uh, fifth, and where that's the toughest matchup, I think, of the five potentially winnable games. Wow. The first one is they, they got to beat UAB. Uh, they, I think Vanderbilt's just as bad as Tennessee. So number Vander, Vandy's number two, Kentucky's three, South Carolina four, and then Mississippi State number five. I, I know State's been hot or cold this this year so far, and I know they're kind of playing some weird games with some of their defensive players not playing and some and playing in others. Uh, but overall, I think 
It's a six and a half point spread uh, this weekend, so I feel like there's a chance Tennessee could pull an upset because of the change of Brian Maurer. But overall, uh, I mean, it's not crazy to think that Tennessee could finish three and nine. And to answer your question about Pruitt's job, is I, I think Tennessee would have to go zero and eight in league play for Philip Fulmer to pull the plug on Pruitt because he's a oh, first-time AD. That's his first hire. And to pull in that quickly after two years would take, like, ultimate disaster. And some ball fans might think it's already happening, disaster that is. But I think they would have to finish 2-10 and 10 with an 0-8 league record uh, for him to potentially lose his job. And I'll say this again on Wednesday, too, that I think the, the loser of Vandy – Tennessee is three and nine. The winner is four and eight, and that's. And I think. I think. I think the loser, if that's Derek Mason, I think Derek Mason could also lose his job at Vandy too. Yeah, I think Mason is probably in a lot of trouble, uh, regardless of what happens with Tennessee. But we'll see what happens there. Tennessee is so interesting to me because, like I said at the beginning, I really thought they were going to take a step forward this year. I, you know, they going to Auburn last year and getting that win. I was very impressed by that. I thought Pruitt had things going in the right direction, but it's just it's sometimes I think what you're saying is correct about BYU that. You know, the, the first game, okay, you can shake that off. But when it happens two games in a row, that, that will affect the team mentally sometimes. We'll see what happens uh, this Saturday. Uh, 11 a.m. kick in Knoxville at uh, Neyland Stadium. My first trip there, I'm very excited. Where should I eat? Give me one place. Oh, man. I mean, uh, so what, what what day are you going up? I'll be, there Friday, I'll be there Friday be... evening, and I'll be there through Saturday. I'll be okay. staying the whole weekend. That's good for you. Well, the campus has changed so much in these seven years now since I've graduated. Uh, but Calhoun's on the River is always a go-to. Uh, and I know that's still there. That's going to be slam-packed. <laughs> but I definitely check out the Old City mm-hmm. uh, near downtown. There's a lot of great spots to eat down there. Market Square has a lot of cool spots uh, to eat down there, especially in October where the weather, you know, fingers crossed, should be really nice. Cool. Austin Stanley from A to Z Sports in Nashville. Thanks very much, man. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. Anytime. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.